All right, good morning, everyone. It is, believe it or not, it is time to get started with church. We always kind of ease into starting at Embrace on Sundays because I know people will be straggling in for a, a little bit now. But my name is John Gallagher, and I'm the lead pastor here at Embrace, and I just want to welcome all of you here this morning. Um, I'm so uh, glad that y'all came out to uh, worship with us and to be here. Um, we've got a lot planned for today, and there's lots of good things and exciting things. Um, so um, I encourage you just to really allow yourself to enter into this space of worship this morning. A couple of things real quick as we begin. In your pews, there are Connect cards. If you're visiting with us this morning, or maybe you haven't been in a while, or maybe you have a prayer request or want to talk to me or another leader at the church, um, you can do all that on this Connect card. And you can put it in one of those boxes by the doors. Um, you can even hand it to me after church, and I can take it from you. Um, also, if you would like to give financially this morning, give an offering to support what we do here at Embrace, you can do that by putting that in those boxes as well. And you can also give online. We have a stream of the service available online on Facebook. And so welcome to those folks who are worshiping online with us. But also in the cafe, which if you go through this door straight back, um, we always have the service on the TV in the cafe, and so you're welcome to go in there if you need to step out for any reason during the service. And then also I encourage you to read through the announcement handout. There's a lot of good stuff there, um, important things that are happening. We have some special announcements and events coming up, so I encourage you to read through that. Um, we're going to begin uh, our time by doing our call to worship that Laban is going to lead us in, and so I invite you all to stand as you're in able this morning as we enter into our time of worship through song. Good morning, everyone. Let's join in this call to worship together. Let's open our hearts and minds to what the Lord might have for us. O oh Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now will be forever. Amen. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness you give hope you restore every heart that is broken great are you Lord sing that again together you give life you are love you bring light to the darkness you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. And great are you, Lord, is this your breath in our lungs? So we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise, it's your breath. In our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. It's your breath 
we know nothing is able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Let us in freedom confess the wrong we have done. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us from joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We're just going to take a couple minutes here, greet someone around you, maybe share something uh, from your life. Could be a gratitude, could be a lament, but uh, yeah, let's just visit with each other for a couple minutes, then we'll continue our worship time. All right, just take about one more minute to wrap up your conversations. And as you're doing that, I invite you to stand together. Prepare ourselves for this worship time.
we got a couple extra guests, a couple extra singers this morning that I'm excited about. Lord, just the vocals. Shout 
to the Lord all the earth let us sing power and majesty praise to the King mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name and I sing for joy at the work of your Nothing compares to the promise I have in you. darkness tries to roll over my bones sorrow comes to steal the joy I owe when brokenness and pain is all I know well I won't be shaken no I won't be shaken cause my fear it doesn't stand a chance and I'm standing your love, my fear, it doesn't stand a chance when I'm standing. Your love, my fear, it doesn't stand a chance when I'm standing. Your love, shame no longer has a place to hide. Well, I am not a captive to the lies. Well, I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. No, I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. It's my fear. It doesn't stand a chance when I'm standing. Your love, my fear. It doesn't stand a chance when I'm standing. Your love, my fear. It doesn't stand a chance when I'm there is power, and there is power that can break off every chain. There's power that can empty out a grave. There's resurrection power that can save. There's power in your name. There's power in doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, my fear. It doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, my fear. It doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, my fear. It doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, my fear. It doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Stand the chair. 
standing in your love. Well, that was uh, something special. I like that. That was cool. These kids were uh, teaching us how to worship this morning, I think. You know, as we, I don't need to even say this aloud, you know that we, we live in difficult times and we're facing lots of hardship, lots of pain, and, and I think for me the weight of the problems in our world can seem like too much to carry. But at the same time, when we come and we see kids just worshiping with full abandon, you know, that, that brings me joy, even in the midst of, of challenging times. Um, I'm reading a book by uh, Pastor Otis Moss, and it's called Dancing in the Darkness. And, and it's an image that came from an image from his daughter when he was going through a really stressful time. He heard a noise in the house, thought someone was coming to get him. And he looked through the house, and he realized it, behind the door of his daughter's room, she was up in the middle of the night just dancing her heart out you know, in the middle of the night, and, and he really saw that as an image um, that we need to embrace, you know, that even in the midst of dark times, we still can find joy. We can still find reason to be grateful and to worship and give praise to God, and so um, even in the midst of a really, really hard week, um, this is beautiful, and, and this gives me joy and helps me to keep going, so thank you to our kids for leading us in worship this morning. And thank you to Laban and Camry for helping pull that together with all our, our little ones today. Um, today, we've got a few things we're going to do, and then I'm going to dismiss the kids. So kids, just hang tight for just a, a couple more minutes. Um, the first thing is really exciting because uh, someone from our church has decided that she wants to become a member. And so I'm going to welcome Laura Necchi to the front. So let's give Laura a hand as she comes forward. Stand here beside me. Laura has been coming here for quite some time now and is already getting involved in serving and volunteering, and um, we've had quite a few conversations about Embrace, and, and she's decided that she wants to, to, you know, make a commitment and join us uh, for this next season of her life, which is really exciting. You know, you can come to Embrace, and you can be fully involved, and you don't have to be a member, but I love when people do join, because in our culture, you know, we move around, we bounce around so much from thing to thing, commitment's hard to find. And I just love when folks are willing to say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock in with you all, and I'm going to be in this with you all um, and be part of this family for the long haul. And so, um, Laura, I have a few questions to ask you. These first, uh, first few, uh, you'll say, I do, if you agree. So do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers in this world, and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. And you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. Do you receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old New Testaments? 
In these next couple, you'll say, I will. Uh, Will you remain a faithful member of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representative in the world? And will you be loyal to Christ through the United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? And this last one is the big one. As a member of Embrace Church, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? All right. Well, Embrace Church, I commend Laura to your love and care. I want you to do all in your power to help her stay on the right path following closely after her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Love her, encourage her, challenge her, and push her closer to God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Let's give her another hand and welcome her into our church. You can go have a seat. I encourage you all after the service to to go find Laura and and just welcome her into the church family and uh, show her a little bit of love this morning. Um, We also have a couple of important announcements this morning, which um, I'm excited about both of them. So Felice, uh, Salmon, and Emily Posey are coming up to the front. Let's welcome them as they come up. They have a really exciting opportunity for um, some of our artists in the church, Um, and so I will turn it over to them. Thanks. Hi. Good morning. Yes, I am Felice Salmon, um, and I am one of the parishioners at Embrace who serves by bringing the arts into worship. Um, We tend to practice this type of discipline in connection with the circle of the church year. And starting in 2021, we began to observe All Saints Day as a way of honoring the saints who were spiritual role models in our lives through the performing arts. And so this year, our open mic is going to be on Saturday, November 4th at 6.30 p.m. And I would like you to consider, even if you would see yourself as a self-taught artist, um, Consider if you might have a story, a song, a poem, a skit, or a dance. This is for all ages, and we are looking for people to just share their hearts about maybe someone of significance in your life that you've recently lost, or someone that you just um, see as a saint who has been a source of wisdom for you. But then we also have another um, liturgical season coming up, which is called Advent. And Advent is um, the start of the church year. And if you look around, you can see we have art on the walls that's more representative of the resurrection. But during Advent, we remember the incarnation and when Jesus was born into the world and the light came into the darkness. And so we want to invite you to join us in a visual arts opportunity. And yes, hello, my name is Emily Posey, if you don't know me. And I also serve um, in the art role in this church. And um, like Felice said, we're going to be doing a visual arts thing as well, starting um, for Advent. And we are going to be putting on an art gallery um, with submissions from artists within our church. Um, and we are titling it Illuminating the Darkness. So for Advent, these, this art will be taken down and replaced with other art from people in the church. And um, like Felice was saying, um, light and darkness is a a theme within um, the Christmas story and Advent story, um, and it can be seen across um, history and various media and across cultures. So we are encouraging people to um, submit artwork, um, wall-hung artwork, um, with that theme in mind. Um, There are flyers that are on the welcome tables, and there's also a couple posters around the church. So um, all the logistics are on there, and we're asking people to submit their artworks by November 19th for us to have time to hang them and get it all put together, and it will be on view throughout Advent. 
Um, so if anyone has any questions, um, my email is on that sheet, and you can just email me with any questions, and I'll get back to you. Um, we're looking forward to sharing this season with you. Thank you. All right, thank you. This is... Uh... Really, I, over the past few years, um, I feel like our, our space and our worship life has been enriched so much um, by lots of different expressions and forms of art. Um, as you've probably noticed over the last few years, we've had a lot more visual art in our space. Um, and for some folks, that really helps them connect um, to their own spirit within them and also to God. Um, and so I'm really excited about this uh, couple of things coming up. And so if you have any questions, you can talk to me or Felice and, and Emily, and they can answer your questions about that. Um, Sarah, um, Sarah Isaacs, uh, formerly Sarah Trapp, uh, invite her to the front. Um, I say that because Sarah just got married, which is so exciting. Um, and she's back with us today, but she has an announcement as well. Hi, church. Uh, hello. Um, I am a part of the SPRC here at Embrace, which stands for Staff Parish Relations Committee. And one of the things that the SPRC does is facilitates Pastor Appreciation Month, month, which you've probably heard already, but if you haven't, that's this month. And so next Sunday, after church in the Fellowship Hall, we'll be hosting a Pastor Appreciation Social. The SPRC is providing sandwiches, but we're asking that um, other people in the congregation bring um, snacks and desserts. There's a sign-up form in your email on the announcement from this morning and also on our Facebook page. Um, but if you'd rather not do that, you can just tell me directly after church if you'd like to bring something. Um, also, we'll take some time to just give some words of encouragement and gifts and cards to our pastors. So if you've written a card but haven't brought it to church yet, or if you're thinking about writing a card and haven't yet, next Sunday would be the time to bring it. I think that's all I have. Thanks. Thank you, Sarah. So those are all of our announcements uh, for now. And so we're going to dismiss our children and our volunteers for their time of learning in the Wonder Room. So let's give our kids and our volunteers a hand as they come over to this door here. If you are a parent and you have a child who is four years old up through fifth grade in elementary school, then they're invited to go to the Wonder Room. It happens every Sunday except the first Sunday of the month. If you are new and visiting with us this morning and you have a child who wants to go, we ask that you walk with them up to the Wonder Room um, and that you introduce yourself to the leaders and make sure you have the correct paperwork filled out. Um, looks like we have a great sized crew today, which is exciting. And I say this every week, a lot of weeks, but we are just so grateful for our volunteers and, and for what they do uh, to help make this possible each and every week. The Wonder Room is essentially run by volunteers with some staff support from Christina and Rachel. And so I'm just so grateful that we have this opportunity. And we find our volunteers actually learn a lot uh, through being a part of it as well, because our kids have a lot to teach us. We're going to enter into a time of prayer this morning. And so I'm going to invite, if you would like, to come and kneel at the altar with me. You're welcome to. Um, you're also welcome to stay in your seat um, as well. Before I invite you to come up, though, I do want to mention that um, a longtime member of our church who... Um, has moved um, out of state to Oklahoma, um, passed away recently. Paul Bailey, if you uh, remember him, uh, Paul and Venus were just staples of, of this church for, for a long, long time. And I remember back 
Um, in the day when we do youth group, they were always down there cooking food for the kids. Paul was the kind of guy that would be up here repairing things in the church building and tinkering with stuff all throughout the week. He'd come up here and uh, uh, joke with us all the time. He was such a loving and, and kind person. He was the kind of guy who would go, he knew how to cut hair, and he would go cut hair for people who couldn't afford to get haircuts and um, was just a, a, just a wonderful, wonderful person and really a saint here um, at this church. And, and so uh, they would have, I'm sure, continued to be here if they hadn't moved away. But Paul and Venus moved um, out of state to, to be near to family. And so um, we just uh, have missed them and loved them so much. But Venus, uh, in particular, is on my heart this morning as um, I learned about Paul's passing just last night. And so we want to remember them in our prayers today. Um, as we as we go to God, because it's always hard to lose people, and and we trust as Christians, you know, we 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 have faith that this is not the end, and that when we die, that that there is more, you know, and there's something beautiful, and we get to ultimately spend eternity with God, um, but at the same time, it still hurts, you know, and we have holes in our hearts that just can't be filled by anybody else, you know, because those people are special to us, and I know for, um, I know that some of you all have lost people um, even in the recent days and weeks, and so. Um, we want to remember all of those who are grieving the loss of loved ones. And one thing we're going to do on All Saints Day, and it's in your uh, announcement sheet, but I'll just mention this, um, is that we're going to read a litany of the saints where we're going to read the names and honor the people who we, have, who we have lost since last All Saints Day. And that's become a powerful ritual for us just to honor those folks um, that still are with us. You know, they don't leave us. Um, those folks are still with us and they go with us because we hold tight to their spirit and their memories and, and they are there, we believe, in the great cloud of witnesses cheering us on and, and helping us to continue to walk this faith that God has called us to live. And so um, I invite you all to come forward if you would like to kneel at the altar. Um, you do not have to, um, but if you would like to take that posture, then you're welcome to join me now. We'll just take a moment of silence and then I'm going to read a psalm for us this morning and and as I read it, you'll, you'll hear that it is, uh, it's an intense psalm. It's a psalm that talks a lot about violence and feelings of wanting God to, to act and do something. And in many ways, I'm praying this psalm in solidarity with many people in our world who are suffering right now. And on my heart this past week has been the children and the, particularly the children and, and so many people in Israel and in, in Palestine who are suffering uh, greatly from the effects of intense violence and just awful, uh, awful violent retribution. And, and God, we, we need God right now. And so let's take a moment of silence, then I'm going to read this psalm of lament. And my hope is that as you hear this psalm, you will know that all of your emotions are welcome uh, to God and that God invites you to bring your whole self to him in prayer. I encourage you just to breathe in, breathe out, breathe in. Breathe out. Trusting that God is here with us.
God's spirit is living within us and moving throughout this space. Psalm 10, a prayer for help. Why are you far away, Lord? Why do you hide yourself when I am in trouble? Proud and brutal people hunt down the poor, but let them be caught by their own evil plans. The wicked boast about their deepest desires. Those greedy people hate and curse you, Lord. The wicked are too proud to turn to you or even think about you. They are always successful, though they can't understand your teachings, and they keep sneering at their enemies. In their hearts they say, nothing can hurt us. We'll always be happy and free from trouble. They curse and tell lies, and all they talk about is how to be cruel and how to do wrong. They hide outside villages waiting to strike and murder some innocent victim. They are hungry lions hiding in the bushes, hoping to catch some helpless passerby. They trap the poor in nets and drag them away. They crouch down and wait to grab a victim. They say, God can't see. He's got a blindfold on. Do something, Lord God, and use your powerful arm to help those in need. The wicked don't respect you in their hearts. They say, God won't punish us. But you see the trouble and the distress, and you will do something. The poor can count on you, and so can orphans. Now break the arms of all merciless people. Punish them for doing wrong, and make them stop. O Lord, you will always rule, but nations will vanish from the earth. You listen to the longings of those who suffer. You offer them hope, and you pay attention to the cries for help. You defend orphans and everyone else in need, so that no one on earth can terrify others again. Lord, we come to you today with heavy hearts. We come to you today with joy and 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 even laughter also. And God, sometimes I struggle to live in that tension. This morning, Lord, my, my heart and my body feels heavy. It feels weary. It feels tired. From personal loss, from the loss of people that I love from the effects of financial challenges that are facing people in our church community. I feel weary from people losing their parents and their children and their siblings and their aunts and uncles from sickness and violence. I feel weary, Lord, from the just the intense violence that is plaguing our world. Right here locally in our own city and 
stretching out all across to the very ends of the earth, Lord, we see the same story over and over and over again. Violence and more violence and more violence. This diabolical and evil cycle of retribution and revenge just never seems to stop. And God, I know that many of us are having doubts right now. We wonder where our good and powerful God is when it seems that evil is winning the day. And God, we bring those doubts to you this morning. And we're seeking to, uh, to harness the courage and the fortitude of those saints who have come before us and hold on to our faith even in times of intense doubt and fear and loss. We're seeking, Lord, to hold on to our faith even in those times when it seems like you are not here. And so, God, we are praying that you would meet us here this morning and that you would help us, God, to see your face. That you would help us to know, Lord, that you are good and that we could have eyes to see you, that we could have ears to hear you. And Lord, I, I don't even know what to pray for people in our own city, right here on our own property, in our own neighborhood, who are suffering immensely. And, and Lord, I, it's really hard to know what to pray, Lord, for those folks in Israel and Gaza right now who are just suffering unspeakable tragedy. And so God, I just pray, come Lord Jesus, come. We pray, Lord, that you would meet people where they are at and that you would bring some measure, Lord, of perseverance and peace and love even in the midst of tragedy and devastation. We need you so much, God. We need you. And God, I'll also pray that as we continue to be overwhelmed by the state of affairs across our world, that you would help it to be a spark in our own lives to help us to, to love more, to cling more tightly to one another, to show more kindness, to work for goodness and peace right here in our own community, to continue to repay evil with good and love, to continue to seek to live out the ethic of the Sermon on the Mount and be people who follow truly after the way of Jesus. And help us, Lord, to have faith that you're going to work and that you are moving in unforeseen ways, in ways that we maybe cannot see now. And help us, Lord, to have faith that you do have a plan and that you will come again and that you will wipe every tear from every eye that there will be no more violence and pain. There will be no more losing our loved ones and our babies. There will be no more losing our spouse. That God, we would all be able to experience that one day when we will just taste and see the goodness of the Lord every single moment of the day. Because God, we're trusting that you will once and for all come away, come back and do away with death and destruction. 
God, we bring this all to you today, and we pray you would continue to meet us here in this space, and that, God, we could encounter you in a fresh and new way. And now we join together and we pray this prayer that Jesus taught us, his disciples, to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, we're going to continue on in this series that we've been in, looking at Embrace's values. We took a short break last week from that series, but we're jumping back into it. We still have two more to cover, and we're, we're spending some time really reflecting on who we are as a church. A few years ago, we came up with six values that we believe uniquely describe who Embrace is. You know, all churches share a lot of things in common, but every church you go to is unique. They have their own kind of flavor. They have their own way of doing things. And, of course, we have our own way of doing things at Embrace. And so these values, I believe, really sum up um, who we are. And these values really guide and, and impact the way we do church together, the way we make decisions, the way that we live our lives among one another here in community. And so I want to recap them for you um, Real quick, uh, so you'll know where we've come from. So our first value is that we keep Jesus at the center, and that is the most important one. We are committed to following the way of Jesus here in North Lexington. Um, the second one is that we believe church is a diverse family. And so we actually value uh, diversity within our church. We want it. We, we seek to, uh, to cultivate that diversity, and we're talking diversity on all different levels. We truly believe the church is a place where the Spirit leads all different types of people to come together and, and find common ground and learn to love one another better. Uh, the third one is that we try to keep it real, and we try to be honest, we try to be authentic, we try to, to talk about uh, the good things and the hard things and everybody everything in between. And if you've been coming to Embrace for a while, I'm sure that you've picked up on that. Um, the fourth is that we are comfortable with being uncomfortable and I think that's one of our most unique values, and, and it, it essentially means that we're willing to lean into discomfort, and we ask one another to do that on a regular basis, and, and I think it helps us to grow and to change. Um, as we become, lean into discomfort, I believe God can work in our hearts and shape and mold us in fresh ways. And then the one we're going to talk about today is that we're gritty Christ followers, and I'm excited about this one. So I want to begin uh, by telling y'all just a quick story. Um, how many of you all have ever been to the beach and seen the ocean? I'm sure a lot of you have. Um, we're in Kentucky. We don't have any oceans here, unfortunately. Um, so it took me a few years before I finally saw the ocean. Um, my first time seeing the ocean um, was actually in Florida, and we were just driving by it, and, and I was very little, and I saw it, and my parents let us get out of the car. And I remember, I have a picture of it. I had jeans on, my brother and I, and we just ran out into the water in our jeans, and we were, we were country kids, you know, at the beach, wearing our jeans, swimming. It was, it was not the best beach experience, uh, but it was cool. Um, we were just in Maine uh, in August, 
and up in Maine, the beaches there are just really beautiful, um, very different from Florida beaches, but we found that, that Kai, he had never seen the beach before, and he just uh, loved the beach so much and was mesmerized by it. You know, the first time I can remember really going to the beach was when I went to Virginia Beach with um, one of my best friends at the time in elementary school, and his name was Christopher Henderson. And his family would always invite me to do things with them. I don't know if y'all had friends like that where I didn't ever get to go on cool trips like that. But, uh, but his family would invite me to go places. And so um, I loved it. You know, we'd go out shopping. They'd go buy him new clothes. They'd always buy me clothes too. And I'm like, this is great, you know. Uh, there was this brand back then called No Fear. Does anybody remember this band? Uh, it was not very cool, but I thought it was at the time. And they always bought me No Fear shirts. Uh, so... Um, I don't know why I'm telling you that, but it was cool. <laughs> but we went to Virginia Beach, um, and I, I remember one random thing from that trip that I want to share with you. Um, I've shared this story in the past, but I really think it's great. So um, the thing I remember is that I remember buying a hot dog uh, from a vendor on the beach. Now, you may wonder, like, you know, why do you remember buying a hot dog? That may sound weird to you. Well, I mean, I do like to eat, and so I remember trips based on food, okay? So that's one thing, but also it was an interesting experience uh, eating that hot dog. Let me explain. So I bought my hot dog. I went down. I sat down on the beach. I opened my mustard packet because I just like hot dog with mustard. That's all I want. No Dijon mustard, yellow mustard only. So I opened it up. I put a nice line, a straight line, no squigglies or anything, straight line of mustard right on my hot dog. And I sat down uh, to eat, uh, eat it on the beach. And I took a big bite, and I started chewing. And then I noticed, like, uh, there was kind of uh, something different about it. It didn't taste like a, a normal hot dog I'd eaten. Well, actually, the taste was just fine, but I noticed that the texture was a little bit off. And as I bit into it, I noticed like a graininess, you know, in my teeth. And, and I, it was gritty, and it just was not all that great, you know. And, and what I realized very quickly is that when you eat food on the beach, you almost always get sand on it, right? And I had sand in my hot dog, and it was crunching between my teeth. It tasted like a hot dog, but it wasn't quite the normal hot dog experience. That gritty hot dog was a bit strange, but I still ate it. It was still worth eating. Now, what does this have to do with embrace? Well, I believe our church is kind of like that hot dog on the beach. We are a church here at Embrace, but sometimes things are a little bit different here at our church. Uh, there's an a infamous story, I think, from Arlington Elementary. I, I don't even know where I once heard it first. But a student, uh, a teacher was talking about church uh, with a student in their class. And the student told the teacher, they said, hey, you should go to Embrace because they'll take anybody over there at that church. <laughs> and I'm like, that is exactly what I want for our church, Right. I, you can ask, anybody who's been here a long time will tell you that the most random and strange things happen here on a very regular basis at our church. We are a hodgepodge of random people thrown together, and somehow it kind of just works. And I think it truly is beautiful. It's kind of funny, but I think we are similar to the gritty hot dog on the beach. It tastes good, it hits the spot, but isn't exactly what you're expecting. 
But that's life. Life is gritty. Life is rough. And life is not always pretty. It's not always perfect. And it's not really ever what you really expect it to be. People are gritty. People are rough. We are not perfect, you know. And, and I think that describes a bit of who we are and ultimately what really everybody is in our lives. We are gritty people. Our fifth value is that we're gritty Christ followers. We aren't very smooth here at Embrace. We're gritty. We're rough sometimes. We're not always pretty, but we try our best to follow after Jesus. You know, to be gritty can, also, can mean to be rough. It can mean grainy. It can mean not perfect. But grit also has another meaning that I think is just as equally valuable here. A lady named Angela Duckworth wrote a book um, that my wife introduced me to called Grit, Passion and Perseverance, the Science of Success. And her argument is that we need more grit in life, right? That we need this grit. And she defines grit like this, perseverance and passion for long-term goals. Grit is the ability to maintain passion and persevere through setbacks and challenges and detours in life while keeping your eye focused on the bigger picture, keeping your eye focused on the bigger values that you have, on the long-term goals that you're working towards in your life, that perseverance and passion for long-term goals. And my wife has used this book with some of the older students at Common Good when they're later in high school and even into college and young adulthood because we found that, that all of us in life, we experience setbacks. And if we don't have that grit cultivated in our life, it's hard to keep getting back up and pushing forward. I don't know if you, in your life, but when I've experienced failures or hit a roadblock, it's often easy to just give up. Just being human right now feels hard, right? Just to be a human who has love in their heart and has their eyes open and trying to live their life to the fullest is so hard. And we need that grit in our life, that ability to keep stepping forward even in the midst of hard times. So I want you to keep that definition in mind as I read this parable in Mark. And anybody who's been around me for any length of time has heard me talk about this parable I recently shared some thoughts on it with the Common Good staff, um, and so my wife, she's heard me talk about this parable more than anything else, and she's like, John, really? You're talking about the mustard seed again? Come on now. Um, but if you've been around me, you've heard me talk about it, but it's so important, and, and I believe it really, it has something for us in this world today, and so um, I want to read it for you, and then I'm going to break down a couple of things. You may have heard this before, but it bears repeating. Um, and so let me read from Mark chapter 4, verses 30 through 32. What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted... It grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. So in these verses, Jesus is trying to tell us what the kingdom of God is like. And now I believe he uses one of the most absurd images you could come up with for the kingdom of the, the great and mighty and mysterious and powerful and almighty God. 
He picks one of the smallest seeds you can find, a mustard seed. And he says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. Back in Jesus' day, the world was ruled by the powerful, the ones with the might and the biggest weapons and the most money, just like it is today. That image would have been very peculiar to use then, just as it is now. Is this the best option you could come up with, Jesus? I would wonder maybe could he say the kingdom of God is like a strong tower, it's like a mighty fortress, it's like um, a great chariot, you know, but he says it's like a mustard seed. Yet he says when you plant this mustard seed in the ground and you care for it and you tend to it, it eventually grows over time. And it becomes something much larger and eventually provides shade and comfort for birds and even other animals. This passage, I think, can help us better understand what we mean when we say we are gritty Christ followers. And so let me share just a couple of thoughts with you. The first one is that gritty Christ followers understand that small things matter. In our world today, we value big things, and so I don't think we can stop repeating this. This is something we have to continue to remind ourselves about. Common, ordinary, seemingly insignificant things matter. The mustard seed is so small that you wouldn't even see it if it was laying on the floor in front of you. Yet Jesus chose something so small to describe the kingdom of God. There are so many other examples I could pull from that talk about the value of small things. You know, when I think about embrace, the things that I think are most beautiful about our church are not the big things. It's not a packed out room. It's, not, it's really the small things that seem to be the most beautiful to me. Some things I've seen over the years. I've seen you all lean into that discomfort that we talked about a couple of weeks ago and truly seek to understand one another, even when it makes you uncomfortable to seek to understand somebody who's different than you. The encouraging texts that I know that you're sending to one another throughout the week, telling one another you're praying for each other, that you see each other, that you value one another. The way you continue to just lift up and want to lift up the voices of the struggling and those in our community who are hurting. The way you all care for one another without expecting applause or recognition, all the things you're doing behind the scenes. The way you treat all people with dignity and respect. The way you welcome visitors that come into our church with open arms and you seek to get to know them and you talk to them and you ask them questions and invite them over to your homes. The way you commit to each other even when you may disagree. The prayers that you pray when no one is watching. The time you spend in the nursery or the wonder room or the youth ministry caring for our young people. If you are close to Jesus and have a close relationship with Jesus, I think a big reason is probably because you've committed yourself to the small things. You pray, you journal, you fast, you practice self-care, you serve others, you show kindness to your neighbors, you consistently show up and are present to your church family week in and week out. To be a gritty Christ follower means that you hold fast to the small things 
And you try not to give up on them when life gets hard. You know, I think one of the hardest things for people trying to stay close to God is we, we really are, are often craving these powerful mountaintop experiences. And, and, you know, I grew up like that when I was younger in middle school and high school and college and young adulthood. I wanted that powerful mountaintop experience every time I went to church. And if I didn't feel it, then I thought I was far from God, you know, and I didn't think I was connected to Jesus. And what can end up happening is that we try to manufacture those things on a weekly basis. But I don't know if that's really how God works. A mountaintop experience is not that common. And I think that's for a reason, right? Because we don't climb on top of mountains all that often, right? Unless you're Dustin. He likes to do that on a regular basis. But it's hard to climb up on a mountain, right? So mountaintop experiences are not something we're going to experience every single week. But I'm telling you, I think the experience of the daily grind of following Jesus is what makes the biggest impact. And I can tell a difference in my life when a lot of that stuff starts to fade away and I just feel further from God because I'm not committing myself to the small things. And I'm not doing that work of spending time with God each and every day. You know, one thing, I've done a few weddings over the last few years, and and one thing I like to point out at weddings is that marriage... It is about love, but it's not like a sentimental love. Marriage is not really about um, kind of an overly emotional love. I like to describe the love of a marriage as a gritty love. And it's a love, when I say gritty, it's a love that fights. It's a love that perseveres. It's a love that refuses um, to give up um, as, as, as much as possible. And, and, and the hard part is, you know, what do couples do when they aren't feeling the connection or when the romance fades or when life gets really hard or when you deal with loss and grief within your family. A gritty love really tries its best to stick with it and to fight. And it's often through those small things that the love is strengthened and fortified and rebuilt. So gritty Christ followers understand that small things matter, but gritty Christ followers also need to be patient. The parable of the mustard seed is a story about something very small and and showing that small things matter, but it's also a story about slow growth. Seeds do not grow quickly. I'm not very good at planting and gardening and growing things because it just takes a lot of time, right? And I'm not super patient, and I don't like to wait for things, right? And so I like, to see, I like to see things come quickly. My friend Valentin's here this morning. And, and if I went to his house. I hadn't been there for probably a couple months. And I went over to his house. And I noticed that it had transformed. And there was like plants growing everywhere. And the whole house outside is consumed with beautiful plants, you know. And it takes patience and a lot of hard work for that to happen. It doesn't happen quickly. I, I tend to, weeds grow well at my house because those do grow quickly. Um, and they don't take any work, you know, they just come up. Um, but the, the beautiful things do take a lot of work and time. And the end result can be beautiful, but it doesn't come quickly and it doesn't come easy. And I think that's true in our lives and our work for good things. I love this quote by John Lewis talking about the struggle for black freedom. He said these words, our struggle is not the struggle of a day or a week or a month or a year. He said it is the struggle of a lifetime. Think about the vision he had to have as a young man out there sitting at those lunch counters and marching in the face of these 
uh, police officers with their attack dogs and enduring all the assaults from these white supremacists. I mean, all the things he endured, he had to have this long vision and see that we are doing something that is going to take a lifetime to see what we want to see. One of the most important lessons I've learned in community is that patience is an essential quality. Like the mustard seed, communities and people both, we take time to grow. Um, A spiritual mentor of mine once said that we have to be friends of time. We have to be friends of time and embrace time. We have to be patient with each other and patient with ourselves. You know, one of the greatest strengths of Embrace, I believe, is our vibrant ministry with young people. We have wonderful ministry with elementary, middle, and high school students. And and it's through what we do here at our church, but also through what happens at Common Good multiple days throughout the week. These ministries are wonderful. And I mean, you saw the kids. If you went downstairs during the after-school program, you would see just so much life and energy and growth. Yet it did not come quickly, and it did not come easily. These ministries did not get to this place overnight. It took many years of investment and patience and slow growth by lots and lots of people, and really people who had to pass the torch to someone after them to continue moving on. It had to have a long-term vision by lots of people. Really, the youth ministry started with a group of three kids. My first attempt at doing an after-school program failed. It did not work. But over many years, it has grown into something that is blessing many, many lives. And it's because a lot of folks, our students included, had that grit to keep going. Perseverance and passion for long-term goals. Rich Mullins, one of my favorite Christian artists, he died in the 90s. But he said something profound that, that has stuck with me, and it's really been a a recurring kind of mantra in my life, but he said that we grow slowly and love takes time. We grow slowly and love takes time. And I believe that's the essence of the mustard seed. It starts out small. It takes lots of time and work, but the reward can be beautiful and it can be good and it can even be beyond whatever we could have imagined or comprehended. And that's what we mean when we say we're gritty Christ followers. We are small and rough and imperfect people who are trying our best with God's help to maintain our passion and perseverance while following the way of Jesus. We recognize that small things matter and that we have to be patient. I came across this beautiful translation of 1 Corinthians 13. In, in this new Bible my wife got me, it's a New Testament. Um, it's called the First Nations version of the New Testament. And I love the way that they put this. This 1 Corinthians 13 that's been quoted time and time and time and time again. You know, everybody, all the list of love chapter in the Bible, it's so beautiful. Um, but I love the take they have on verses 7 and 8. And I want to read these as I close. Love keeps walking even when carrying a heavy load. Love keeps trusting, never loses hope, and stands firm in hard times. The road of love has no end. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. We're going to share communion this morning. We share communion each week 
as a way to keep Jesus at the center. It is also a way to sustain us in our work, in our lives here at this church. It's a way to empower us to continue um, walking that path of love. It's a way that we continue to, to be filled up and empowered to continue walking even when the load is heavy, to continue loving even when it seems hard, to stand firm even in the times of trials and hardship. And we can do it in many ways because Jesus did it. And, and Jesus' Spirit is living within us. Before Jesus left, He said, I'm sending you an advocate who's going to even be better for you than I was because the advocate, the Spirit's going to be with you always. So we believe God's Spirit is actually living in us, moving through us as we live our lives in this world, seeking to be people of love and mercy and justice and peace. And so when we take communion, in some spiritual way, I believe we are united with Jesus. You know, for those who aren't used to the Christian tradition, it may feel weird to say that this is the body and blood of Jesus. But it's really like a spiritual presence that we believe we're experiencing where Jesus is actually with us as we're sharing this meal. And we're reminded of the life Jesus lived. We're reminded of what he did on the cross for us. We're reminded of Jesus' death, resurrection. And we're also fortified for this journey of life through the presence of Jesus' spirit living within us. So if y'all would bow your heads just for a moment. God, thank you so much for being with us today. We thank you that you are, that you are good. That, that we thank you, Lord, that you are are holding on to us when we're struggling to hold on to you. We thank you, Lord, that you are okay with our doubts and struggles and that and that not only do you call us to be patient, but we, I see you being patient with me all the time. And God, I thank, I thank you, Lord, that you saw me and you saw all these folks here and all across our world, us small insignificant, seemingly insignificant humans and you saw us and you loved us and you want good things for us. God, today I just pray that as we share this practice of communion, of eating this bread and juice, that, that it would be your body and blood for us, Lord, that you would fill us up right now in a fresh way, that we would experience your goodness and your grace and your peace. That, God, this, this practice of communion could be one more way to help fortify us and, and give us the strength uh, that we need to continue walking uh, the path of love and peace in our world that is so violent so difficult and so hard. Help us, Lord, to keep our eyes fixed on you as there are so many distractions and so many things pulling us away. Help us to, to keep our eyes fixed on you, to not give up the small things and to trust, Lord, even trust in the slow work of God and know, Lord, that you don't move on our timetable, but help us to have faith in the meantime. And help us to be, have the courage to stand and act in this gap as we, as we wait for the world to come that we know can exist, this world of goodness and love and peace. Lord, we need you so much. 
Just pray you would meet us now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. I'm going to invite those who are helping me serve communion to come on up. Here at Embrace, we serve communion by your form two lines down the center aisle. As you come forward, I encourage you just to have your hands open to receive the bread and the juice. Your server will rip off a piece of bread for you. They will dip it in the cup for you, and then they will hand it to you. We're doing that way just to limit uh, passing of germs. Um, If you would like to... uh, Use a prepackaged communion element. You can do that. Those are in the back of the sanctuary. And we also have gluten-free options if you need that. They're in the back end up here at the front as well. Just let your server know. Well, the table is set. The meal is ready. And all are invited to come as you feel led.
invite you all to stand as you're able for the benediction. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace. See you next time.